Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Amen. Good morning. All right, that was better than last week. I said good morning last week and no one responded. So that means you are having a better morning. Good morning. Thank you again for being here. Um, as I mentioned up front, my name is Jake, and I have the fun and privilege of serving as a pastor here. For the, over the course of the past, the, really the first five weeks of 2020, uh, which is now week number six, which is hard to believe, we have been in a series that we are calling Flourish. And so, our, you know, we, one of the things that we've been trying to do in the heart of this series is to cast vision for our church for this year. And as we ended up, as we ended out on 2019 and really began to pray about what God was calling us to do as a church, we felt that this is what God was calling us to do, to flourish as a church. And so we are finishing that up this morning, and it's been a, it's been a really wonderful series, but I will confess, we had a, we had a, a board meeting on Friday night with, um, with the board and the, the, the temporary elder board of this church. And we started the, the board meeting, uh, I told him a bit selfishly as I was asking for prayer. And I confess as we started that meeting, as we've been talking about Flourish, I said, I, I, I don't feel like I'm flourishing. Like as we've felt like this is the vision from the Lord and that, that God has called us to this year, um, I don't feel like I'm flourishing. And in fact, I feel the opposite of that. Uh, which, which is hard, and I just confess that, and, and in frustration, as we've had so many, it just feels like since this year has started, for Shay and I and in our lives, that this year has been, just been filled with one thing after another for us. And so I just, you know, we confess that, and I said, I don't know what the opposite of flourishing is. I don't be dramatic and say I'm withering or dying, but I don't feel like I'm flourishing. And... Um, and that's been hard. It's been hard to, to feel that way. But uh, they prayed for us, and it was amazing. And as they were praying for us, um, Amber uh, prayed, and she just prayed for that sense of flourishing. Lord, like, Lord, that we don't see it. We don't always see what you're doing. We don't always understand what you're doing. But, God, that that's what you're doing in us. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning as we start that I don't know what's going on in your life or the circumstances of your job or your family or um, anything. What you're struggling with, where you are, where your doubts or fears are, all that sort of stuff. But I want you to know um, that, that God sees all of that. So I want to encourage you with that as I was encouraged by that this, um, this week as we prayed. So um, as we wrap up this series of Flourish, I want us to really focus this morning on what it looks like to respond. Um, over the course of the past five weeks, we've talked about a lot of different things, a lot of different scriptures. So this is, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to participate. So um, in the first five weeks of 2020, my question to you is, what have we talked about when it comes to flourishing? Like, what do we feel like that God has said to us? And so I, I just want you to we can do it like a classroom and you can raise your hand. But I'm really just anything, if it's a scripture or it's a, it's, a, it's a picture or something we talked about in your own life and for the life of our church, what have you felt so far that we've learned in this Flourish series? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, amen. On the second week, we talked about uh, the flourishing as a vine. As Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And on that same Sunday, we did a commissioning for a missionary that was going to serve uh, in the Middle East. And, and when, as we prayed over her and as we brought people up, it was this beautiful image of what a vine looks like. It goes horizontal and it goes outward in the connectivity of the vine. And so, yeah, I love that. That that's yeah, yeah, something the Lord gave. What else? Have we learned or it's been significant through this series of flourishing as we wrap it up today? So Jana and I got something out of it. Good to know. No one else? You can be bold. You can say anything. It doesn't matter. Yes, Kisa. Yeah. Yeah, amen. We talked about Ezekiel 47, and if you, it's one of my favorite uh, chapters in the Bible. And like Kisa said, that it starts with this water that's coming out as a trickle from under the temple and how it grows into this raging river. And maybe that's what the Lord's doing in my life right now as I'm just struggling to see how I'm flourishing. I want to be this big blossoming, like, you know, what I have this envision of. And man, the Lord starts with just a trickle. Sometimes it's small. Um, it's, a, it's a whisper. I, we, that same Sunday, someone reminded me of Scripture. It talked about, you know, it's not in a clap of thunder or in a storm or a hurricane, but God comes in a whisper and just a trickle. That's great. What else? Yeah, Scott. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's one thing to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. It's another to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you in your time. Right? That's a great word. It's what does patience look like? And how does maturity of our faith uh, come with patience and waiting on the Lord? That's a great word. Yeah. To be patient for what God's doing. Jenna. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we talked last week about repentance, and repentance feels like this very churchy, big, Christian-y word, but how it's really this gift from God, and to speak out repentance, and that God gives us a way where there is no way. Yeah, thank you, Jenna. That's awesome. Anyone else? Melissa. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you weren't here, that the very first week, Shanna had this little olive tree that's in a pot. And I talked about the kick off this flourish series, how it was, it wasn't scrawny. I mean, it was an olive tree. It's small, but we, it was alive. And then we, we moved it into the light and we talked about moving it, how it really began to flourish and see new buds. And yeah, that's a beautiful imagery. Gary? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Because I think we think about vision and sometimes like we want like a plan, like I've got to do this or I've got to have this happen or whatever. And it's, it's this image and it's following after and trusting the Lord in something and taking steps towards that trust and faith. So that's amazing. Yeah. Anyone else? Yes, Laura. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, in that in that same scripture about the vine dresser, it says that the the vine it, and it, when Jesus says, "I'm the vine, you're the branches," it says the vine dresser prunes. And one of our things that we really talked about is that the the vine dresser doesn't consult the vine, right? Like if you've trimmed your trees, if you haven't. And you live in Texas, February is the month to trim your tree, so you should do that before the end of the month. But you don't consult the tree and say, what would you like to be cut, right? You know, the vine dresser knows what needs to be cut and what needs to be pruned for new growth. And that's hard sometimes is we don't want that. And that goes with like what Scott was saying about timing and when that happens. And so uh, all that to say is that this morning is really, I want us to walk into a spirit. And if you, this is your first Sunday, I know you're walking in, you're hearing about 10 different things that may sound, not sound cohesive. But our, our, our heart this morning is to really think about and take some time on how we respond. How we respond to what we've heard over the past five weeks. What is our response to that? So I'm going to do something different. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read our scripture for this morning. And so uh, we're going to put it up on the screen. It's James chapter 1. And what I want to do is I'm going to, I want you to stand uh, so if you would go ahead and stand, I'm going to read the scripture. And if you would just take a look at it on the screen, I'm going to try to take time. Then I'm going to open us in prayer and we'll sit back down. Can we change that background? I'm not sure y'all can read that. Perfect. Okay. So James chapter one says this, and this is the, the I want you to think about responding and how we respond to what we've heard. So James chapter 1 says this, says, My dear brothers and sisters, that's us. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Dear Lord, I pray, Jesus, that that is what you're setting in us. 
God, that that's what you're planning in our hearts, to be doers and to be responders. God, would you give us courage? Would you give us strength this morning? Would you give us clarity of mind to understand how you're calling us to respond, us collectively as a body of Christ, Jesus, and us individually as sons and daughters? God, I pray that you would speak through your word this morning. And Jesus, more importantly, would you speak through your spirit? We just invite you into this room right now. God, would you say to our hearts what needs to be said to our hearts? Whether that's encouragement, whether that's correction, whether that's hard to hear, whether that's patience, whether that's pruning. God, would you give us clarity? Would you empower us on how to respond? We love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. You can be seated. So this week, uh, for this week has been a week filled with uh, with reaction. Uh, is one thing I noticed. That this this week was filled with a week of, of reaction. Last Sunday was the Super Bowl, and through social media and people I've talked to, but mostly social media, uh, is social media is a reaction ground, right? It's a place that people can go and react and how they feel, and so. Uh, after the Super Bowl on uh, this past week, I noticed that, that people had a lot of reaction to the halftime show, right? There was lots of reaction to that, whether good, whether bad, whether positive, whether negative, whether good message, whether no message. And there was a lot of people reacting to that. And I thought, man, like I didn't watch that intently or like I didn't know that there was something to necessarily react to, but it was very reactionary. And then further on in the week you get, and there's a state of the union address and man, do we know how to react to politics, right? And people reacting to what was said and what was lied about and who tore up the paper. And there's all these reactions is that people are doing on, on online and social media. And, um, I just thought about that as we come in and we think about responding to what we've heard and think that we live in a day and age that is full of reaction and not always full of response. And so we live, I think even in the past 10 to 15 years, we've become, the world has become much more reactionary in how we live and what we do. And there's lots of reasons for that. I mean, we live in the information age that's given us opportunities to react. And so uh, it's become very instantaneous. And there's some dangers in reaction. And that's what I want us to think about. When you think about this morning and we think about what we've heard through this Flourish series, I want you to think intently about not so much being reactionary. Um, But sometimes reactions are, are, are necessary. Many of you know, as I've shared, uh, not only Super Bowl and State of the Union, but Shay and I, um, her mom was, uh, we took her to the ER. Her mom is going through cancer treatment, and we took her to the ER this week on Monday, and then uh, Shay stayed the night, and by Tuesday, we, we air-flighted her to MD Anderson, and, and we got there, and, and we saw a miraculous turnaround in her. But it was a moment where Shay and I just felt like, Man, we have to react on what to do. It felt time, time was so of the essence and so important. And that was really hard and, and shade through all of that. We, we just didn't have time to feel sad. I mean, we were sad, but it, 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 in the moment we had to react. And after that, on the way home, I went and picked up Shay on Thursday from MD Anderson and brought her back where her mom still is. And I just asked Shay, how was that? Like, 
you stay the night and you're, you're staying the night in the ER with your mom. They don't know what's going on. She's declining fast. And then we're, you're getting on an airplane. I was like, what kind of plane was that? Like, did they fly, air fly you to Houston? And I was like, how did you feel? Were you sad? And she was like, I didn't really have time to feel that way. She's like, I had to react. And she said, what I felt like, she said, I felt like a child. You know, like I'm, uh, here I am in this adult. I didn't feel like I could be this adult. Like I felt like a kid. I felt like I don't know what to do. This is my mom. And so I think that we all have some sort of circumstance or know what it looks like to react in our lives. And sometimes it's necessary, but many times it's not. And so I think that a reaction by design is, a, it's, you know, we call it a knee-jerk reaction. It's our instantaneous. It's full of emotion. Um, and, and you think about our news cycle. We live in a very reactionary news cycle. Uh, when Kobe Bryant and then the, the families that, that died in that plane, that, that helicopter accident, that TMZ was the one that broke the story. I mean, literally a tabloid is breaking news and people are finding out before the families even know. They haven't even notified family. They don't even know who was on the flight and people are finding out about this accident. And so we live in such a quick and a day and age. And so I want us to think intentionally this morning about our faith and, and is our faith reactionary? In a moment, do we say, I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to make this change or God's put this on my heart. And we have this big swell of emotion and reaction only to get down the road. And we walk down the road and, and, and that day's gone or that moment's gone. And so I want to think about rather than reacting, how do we respond? And I think one of the big differences in reaction and response is response is intentional. To respond takes time, takes thought, takes purpose, takes prayer. And so that's what I really want us to encourage us this morning to think about as we, as we do that. And we're going to have time this morning to respond to what we've heard over the past five weeks in this Flourish series. And so in this scripture in James that I read, there's a few things that I think are important for us to know and how to respond and not react and what's an appropriate way for us biblically to respond. And so I'm going to try to go through those briefly, and then I'm going to give us a few kind of starter ideas on how to respond, and then we're going to have the worship team back up, and we're going to take some time to really respond. So I'm going to try to be short as possible this morning in order to give us an opportunity to respond. And so be thinking about that this morning as we get into his word, and as we look at uh, some things that uh, these verses in James say to us and think about what's God putting on your heart to intentionally respond to. So the first thing that we see here, I think it's really important in a, in a proper response is that we're to be intentional. That for us to respond, we've got to be intentional. In verse 25, it says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. You see, a reaction is never with intention. Um, and I think about my parenting skills. I can be a very reactionary parent, and I can make big, bold uh, claims in those moments. And I'm sure every kid in this room has experienced that, that your kid's doing something wrong. You either give that to me, and you're not, you're not having a birthday, and you're not doing this, and you have all these reactions. And it's very emotional, and you feel passion as a parent. Every kid feels that. And I'm telling you, kids, just a little pointer, just buckle down. Just, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, because they're going to respond later, and they're going to react. But, I mean, we laugh about that, but that's a good example of what it looks like to react. But, but a response 
is always intentional. And what a good parent does when something happens with their child or they're struggling with something is a good parent thinks of an appropriate response. How do I do that in love? How do I help my child with what's going on? How do I help them to see how to behave better, how to make uh, things in school more, um, more of a priority, whatever it may be. And so the scripture that says, but whoever looks intently, this word looks intently literally translates to stoop down and to get a better look at something. That's what that word intently means, to look intently. It's like you see something on the ground, you take a moment to stoop down, to get down and to really investigate what it looks like. It's the same scripture that um, in, in the gospels, that when, when, the, when the tomb is empty, and the disciples get word that the tomb is empty. It says, Peter runs to the tomb. Think about that. He runs to the tomb. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't wait. But Peter runs to the tomb. It says he bent over. John, this is John 20, verse 5. He bent over and looked at it intently. The same word there at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Is that he goes and he, int- he intently looks into this tomb. And so to be intentional with our response is to look intently at it, to take time to really consider what God's doing, to consider the scripture or why, Lord, did you convict me or put on my heart about patience? Or why, Lord, um, did, you, did, did you really, what does this mean to be pruned? Let me take an intentional look at that in my own life. How are you maybe pruning me? And so I, I think being intentional is important. The second thing the scripture says uh, that I think is important in how we respond is not only to be intentional. The second thing is, to, is don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. In verse 20 says, 22, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. If you know me, I'm a huge believer in self-awareness. I believe that there's power in being self-aware. Whether you love Jesus and follow Jesus Christ or you do not, I think if you can be a self-aware person, that there's power in that. And so this idea of us, he gives us this idea of don't lie to yourselves. And what he says is when we hear the word of God, when when we merely listen, when we merely listen to the word of God, and don't do what it says. We deceive ourselves. So I want you to know that listening is not enough. That it's not enough to come to church, to download a podcast, to even read scripture, and to just listen to God's word. And to not do it. To do what it says. Is that what scripture says is that you're lying to yourself. You're deceiving yourself that that's enough. And so I want to encourage that for all of us as we, as we take time this morning to respond to what God's put on our hearts, to understand that listening and sitting there and thinking, this is good, this is great, I really like this. All right, where are we going to lunch? Torchies, mighty fine, what's next? And we don't put that into our lives, that we're lying to ourselves. And it's a catch-22 because now you have a problem is that the word of God has been spoken to you, so now you have an obligation and responsibility. So it's too late now. You already came to church. You already heard the truth of Jesus Christ. Right? Scripture talks about how will we know if we don't hear? How can we hear if someone doesn't preach to us? And that's what we do in our lives, that we hear truth about God. And that is not me. That's not whoever you're downloading or listening to. 
That's the Holy Spirit is putting that in front of you. He knows where you are. He knows that you've been walking through. He knows what's going on in your life, and he puts it right in front of you. So the second thing I want to encourage you, be intentional this morning as we respond. Second thing, don't lie to yourself. Don't pretend like listening is just enough, and so deceive yourself. And the last thing um, is not just don't lie to yourself, not just be intentional, but the last thing is do what it says. Verse 22 says, do what it says. You see how I got that point of my sermon point? You see my brilliancy? Do what it says. Amen? Yeah. Could it be any more direct? He's not mincing words. He's not beating around the bush. He's being specific. He's like, do what it says. Don't just listen to it. Lie to yourself, but do what God is telling you to do. That's how you respond. And James uses this, you know, almost silly analogy of a man looking at himself in the mirror and walking away to forget what he looks like. And we do all this all the time when it comes to the Lord and God's word. So we read and we read this truth about yourself. It says, man, you're forgiven. You're, you, you're, you're bought. Your sins are paid for. You are innocent. You are guilty, you are free, you have purpose, you have direction. We hear all these things and we turn away from that mirror and we, th- and we start saying, man, I'm no good. Golly, how could God use me? I went right back into the sin that I was in before. And it's crazy. It's crazy that we do that, that we walk away and we don't hear. So I want you to take that to heart this morning. It's to do what God's word says to take a step and we're in, 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 in our response to think, what can I do? Not what did I learn? Not how did I feel? Not what did I experience? What can I do? This Sunday morning and us gathering, this is not entertainment, right? We don't put these chairs out and, and uh, turn lights on and have a worship team just to entertain ourselves. This is not entertaining the saints. There's a lot better entertainment than this right here. I don't have Disney Plus, but I've heard that it's pretty entertaining. So if you want to be entertained, this isn't the spot. This isn't the place. And that's not our heart and what we're, what we're here to do. And I want you to know that we do things here at church. We do things intentionally to help you do something, right? We have, we have journals. Does anybody have a vessel journal? Hold it up. No, I want you like literally, hold it up, Jess, right there. We have journals right there, just like Jessica has. They're right over there. You can have one. It's free. And we have pins in that thing to write it down. Right? We want you to do something. We want to enable you to do something. We have Bibles sitting on that table. They're free. Take it. Read it. You can have it. Do something. We record our messages, and we have a podcast. You can subscribe. It's free. Listen to it. We have services on Sunday morning, every week, 10 a.m., in this room. Right? You, it's free. You can come here free. Just, just come. And that's what, that's what our heart is, and that's what God's asking us to do, is to be people that respond to what he's put in our hearts. And I think that that's what flourishing looks like. As Gary said, like, like, what does this mean? I can think that's it. Is the Lord is enabling us to respond. 
Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive and active. It's alive and active. That it's a living word of God. So, how do we respond? And, and I, I, I'm going to, uh, a little bit timid in doing this because I want us to respond. And what I don't want to do is lay out, hey, uh, you know, step number one, you've got to have membership. We don't have membership here. So, uh, sorry. So you can't do step number one. Or lay out this, this step-by-step plan to walk you through it. I truly want you and us this morning as we close to seek the Lord for how he's calling us to respond. And I know that's, that may feel a little foreign to you, but I want to tell you, in, in, our, in our small group, our adult small group, we're doing something new this semester. And so uh, every week we're doing something different. So the first Thursday of the month, the men are getting together. The second Thursday of the month, uh, adults are getting together and kids are going to another home. The third Sunday of the month, or Thursday of the month, the women are getting together. And then the last Sunday, of the, or Thursday of the month, Last Thursday of the month, families are getting together. And so we're doing this kind of different pace. And so we got together for the, with the men of our small group for the first time this past Thursday. And so what we did is we just opened up. We're reading through Philippians. We just opened up to, I don't know, eight verses in Philippians. And we said, hey, we're just going to read through this. We're going to ask the Lord to speak to us. We're going to read through this. And we're going to write down what God's putting on our heart. And Corey can testify. We took eight minutes and just read through it and wrote, and God told every one of us the same thing. It was amazing. We started sharing, what did God put on your heart? Well, man, he just really put this. He told me this. Next person was like, man, me too. And the third person was like, me too. I'm like, me four. You know, it was amazing. So God's word is alive and active. So I'm going to give us some things to, to help kind of get the ball rolling on how we respond. And the worship team's going to come back up here and we're going to take a response time. And so these are things kind of fire starters, so to speak, to kind of get that going and some thoughts and ideas. Um, but please try to seek the Lord in the spirit uh, in this time, in this moment. The first thing, the first way that we can respond is to plant, is to plant. Do what it says is to plant. One of my, I'm reading through Acts right now, and one of my favorite scriptures in Acts and, and, and stories in Acts is about Philip uh, and him um, baptizing this Ethiopian man. And so there's this moment to where the Lord, he, Lord tells Philip, he says, head south out of Jerusalem, um, and he comes across this Ethiopian eunuch. And, and the Lord tells him, he says, go near his chariot. And so he walks near where this man is. And this man is in his, this Ethiopian eunuch is in his chariot. Does that have wheels? Is that carried? It has wheels. Sean's shaking his wheels. Okay, I'm trying to visualize. So he's in this chariot with wheels. And he's riding along. And Philip is walking alongside it. And he hears him reading uh, the book of Isaiah. And so Philip, is, the scripture says this. It says, then Philip ran up to the chariot. And heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you are reading? And he responded, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him in his chariot with wheels. And they read through Isaiah. And he says, who is this speaking about? This lamb to the slaughter, the sacrifice. He says, is Isaiah talking about himself? He says, that's Jesus Christ. And he shares the good news of Jesus Christ with them. 
Verse 36, it says, as they travel along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down the water and Philip baptized him. Man, that guy, that gives me goosebumps. So plant something. The Lord's moving on your heart. The first response literally is to be baptized. It's a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. And so first and foremost, that may be the response that God's calling you to. We've got a baptism schedule coming up uh, at the end of this month. So if, if that's what God's put in your heart, I, I want to I, I ask you, what is stopping you? Just like the eunuch said, it says, water's there. What is stopping me from being baptized and giving my life to Jesus Christ? Guess what? Water is back there, and it's heated. It's a YMCA pool. So what is stopping you? Second thing, uh, and plant can mean a lot of things. Plant can mean a lot of things. Second thing I put, second appropriate response, potentially, is to prune. Just to prune. As Laura said, what is God trying to prune in your life? One of, one of the weeks we talked about addressing the carnal, addressing our carnal nature. And we have this, we have this thought about sin that, that can kind of be off. But when it talks about pruning, we have this misconception. Let me tell you that salvation in Jesus Christ is freedom from sin. It's not the elimination of sin. It doesn't mean that, that you give your life to Jesus and you're no longer going to struggle. Everything's going to be okay. Nothing bad's going to happen. I'm not going to be tempted. I'm not going to fall back into sin. No, it doesn't magically make your sin go away. Your sin has a cost, but your sin has been paid for. And so to prune literally means to stop doing something. Verse 21 here in James, it says, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. You say, how do we do that? When Jenna, as Jenna mentioned, we talk about repentance, about God giving a path to turn, to repent, means literally to turn away and to walk away from sin, evil and wrongdoing, and to walk towards Jesus. And you might say, but how? Stop doing it, right? Stop doing it is what is God calling you to prune out of your life? First and foremost, if you're struggling with something, bring it into the light. One of the, when the enemy's biggest tactics is for us to hide and to cover and to have shame and guilt and that I'm the only one going through this, bring it into the light. I, there is freedom in the light. To find someone that is trustworthy, that loves you, that sees you as Christ sees you, and to talk to them about that. I'm struggling with this thing. And I've struggled with this thing for a long time. And to bring that into the light, because there's freedom in that. There is not shame. Another way to do that and to stop doing something is to, to, is to fast. Fasting is literally to deny the flesh for the sake of the spirit. And so I'm telling you, if you're struggling with judgment and hate and divisiveness, and everything you do on social media feeds that beast, delete the app. Fast from that. Say, I've got to get away from this. 
Because all I'm doing is I'm going online and I'm reading these things that, that just stir me up and make me angry for these people. And, and you get, just get dragged down into the world. Is that, man, if, if it's Facebook or whatever it might be, just delete it. Like right now, I give you freedom. So if you want to get out your phone, no judgment here, I don't care. And take it off your phone. And if you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do that, that should be a, a bell in your head to say you need to do that. To find something, if it's, if it's man, I'm struggling with alcohol and I've, I've been drinking, you know, I don't drink too much, but it's become this crutch and I'm stressed. I find myself drinking more and get it out of the house. Get away from that, fast from that or stop doing it all together. To, to know that, that God is empowering us when it comes to sin. God's empowering us for freedom. If you're struggling with depression, get help. Get help. Find someone to talk to. Find a professional to talk to, but prune something in your life. If there's a negative relationship, something that's unhealthy, get away. It may seem like it's not that big a deal or I can manage, but you've got to run from those things. Run from those things. That's what that's, you know, in our, in our own in our own lives, you know, we're, we're, you know, Shay and I are trying to teach our kids as they're getting older how to put yourself in healthy circumstances and around people that, that are helping you. And that's what we teach a child. And the third thing is, not, don't just plant, don't just prune. Not, you can plant and prune, don't worry. But another idea of how to respond is to cultivate. Just as we said to stop doing something, start doing something else. Right? If, if it's to stop doing one thing, start doing something else. Is to have new growth. We talked about it when we talked about the vine. It's sending out branches and sending out new branches. We talked about uh, a river, a deepening river as it goes out and starting and birthing these, these and having this flourishing along the banks. We talked about a, br- a tree casting shade and new growth. So where is there new gro- room for new growth in your life? Is it worship? We have a playlist. If, if you're struggling with, 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 the, with something and, and the Lord, I, I, Scott Marshall, he came to know Jesus Christ by taking the K-Love 30-day challenge. He said, I'm going to listen to worship music for the next 30 days, and it changed his life. So you can say whatever or think whatever you want to think about whatever Christian music or K-Love or what that, whatever that may be. But we have, a, we have a playlist, the songs that we do on Sunday. It's on our Spotify playlist. You come to me, I will text it to you. And just pour yourself into worship music. If you're struggling with feeling negative and hateful, stop listening to Lizzo, right? And, and, and listen to the worship music. Just, just say, this is all I'm going to put in my head. This is all I'm going to sing to. And I guarantee you, when you come in here on Sunday mornings, you won't say, well, this is a new song. I don't know this song. You're going to say, man, I love this. I've been worshiping to it all week because it's on the playlist. It may be prayer. I want you to know that I've been, my, I've been blown away by prayer this week with everything that's happened with Shay's mom, that we, she dropped like a rock. That by the time we took her to the ER and by the time we air flighted her, she continued the path towards death. We didn't know what to do, and people started praying for her. And as dramatically as she fell, she came back. And powerful. 
is that people began praying for her. And in my group, in our men's, in our small group this week, I promise I will be bold and I would testify to that. And I'm telling you that the Lord heard our prayers and saved her life and healed her. Give yourself to prayer. I've never felt more sure of the importance of prayer in the life of our church and our own lives. You read through Acts, you read through Acts, and you're going to see one thing they always do, they pray. It says they were joined together constantly in prayer, Acts chapter 1. It says Peter knelt down and prayed over the man that was dead, and he was, he was risen. It says the sick man came to Peter, and it says they laid hands on him and prayed. Peter was sitting in prison. He was sitting in prison. They were waiting to, to, to kill him. And Scripture says, so Peter kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And an angel opened the doors of the prison and led Peter out and led them to the place they were praying. And Peter knocked on the door, said, it's me, Peter. And they said, surely that can't be. And that gave me all the confidence in the world because I'm telling you, I was scared for my mother-in-law this week. And I was amazed at what God did in prayer. And it's crazy because I was asking for it. We're asking for it, and we're amazed that God did it. That the church is praying for Peter. He knocks on the door. He says, me, Peter. They don't open the door. They say, that can't be Peter. There can't be. As they're in there praying for him, they open the door. They're amazed he's alive. Man, church, if we could just give ourselves to prayer, if we could cultivate that in our lives. So what we're going to do is these guys are going to lead us out. And there's, there's during this, the next however long this is going to take, there's no rules. I just want you to take time to consider how do I respond? What is my response? What is God calling me to do? So I'm going to open us in prayer. And, and I, I tell Gary, just lead us how, you, how the Spirit moves. And that if you want to stand and sing, if you want to sit and listen, if you need prayer, if you need someone praying over you, I'm going to stand right over here by this window, and we'll have some prayer team that comes over here as well. Man, ask someone to pray for you. If you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, give your life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray, and I just want to encourage you to respond this morning. We are finishing up this series. We've heard amazing things from the Lord. And what is next? How do we respond? Let's pray. We thank you for listening today and pray that you are blessed by this message. We invite you to join with us on Sundays or connect with us at our website, vessel.church.